Captain's Log, Stardate 74484.8. I'm being joined today by my friend and also Admiral to the 31st Fleet here aboard the station. I expect to have a productive conversation as we share ideas about the unions and associations we have within Starfleet and the Federation. This episode of These Are the Voyages is dedicated to growing pains. Everyone, welcome to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain. I'm Captain Chase McKinney. And, uh, you know, I have a bunch of Trek fans and friends that are in my life. And one of the positive influences in my life is, you know, depending on which which uh, con she's at or which event she's at. She's either an admiral, a, a CNC, a lieutenant, a chief, a something. I don't know what you are half the time, but you are well regarded. And that is my good friend, Jenny. What is going on, Jenny? Welcome back to the show. It's been it's been a minute since we all hung out together and talked Trek last time. Last time it was the cruise in um, STLV, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was. It was the cruise. Hi, guys. So, anyway, we are, we're not super fancy. We're not doing this live like you might do on the regular with your show. <laughs> you know, yep. You know, we, we don't have enough uh, slip strips and bars to be able to rub together to be able to afford that live stream life like, you know, you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Well... You know, how the heck have you been? Busy. Busy, yeah. Busy, just... busy. And you just had a birthday. I did. Well, happy birthday. I don't know if I should sing sing to you on this show or not. <laughs> Maybe not. Well, no, you... birthday song's not copyright anymore, so I guess you could sing it. But I mean, there's like 13 different versions of it, right? Yeah, I don't know how good of singer you are, though, so... Do you want to find out? <laughs> <laughs> Probably no. Probably not, no. My... Do it tomorrow, uh, do it on the live stream that we'll oh, be doing on my okay. podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So totally. everybody can enjoy it in live. Live, And yeah. there's no editing. Unlike my show. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll get, like, some cool filters and some other backing vocals and it's like a little midi action and make myself sound like a pop star with some auto-tune. It'll be great. Auto I'll say you can tell the tune in. You got to do the auto-tune. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's crazy because, you know, we're recording now, but by the time these folks hear it, I'll have already been on your show. And yep. so it's all wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff as far as I'm concerned with all like how this whole production nonsense works and plays out and, stuff like that so anyway so yeah you you just had a birthday so yeah. again happy birthday uh did you do anything fun to celebrate in this covid era <laughs> that we we live in uh i had some friends we play among us because that's my new addiction new game okay addiction is among us doing among us okay mm -hmm. nice 
Yeah, my my wife, I think she played that. Um, funny enough, I think it was at like a work meeting. Like it was like a holiday party. It was like a, a holiday pro- party or a Halloween party. Or I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. But I know it was sometime this fall that she goes and she plays Among Us and apparently she never got caught or she murdered someone in the game (laughs) in the game she murdered someone in the game and never got caught and never got caught yeah among us is like if people don't know if you've been living underneath a rock um it's like uh werewolf if you ever play werewolf or mafia it's very similar to those two type of games you play okay yeah and i think i think that's actually how she described it was like this like mafia esque game. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Anyway. Well, um, apart from apart from your birthday and, you know, killing people virtually, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's what 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 else has been going on? How's work been treating you? people are just people. Yeah. They are. That, that, yeah. I think that's the best way to say it and every well understand. People are people. Okay. Well, good talk. Good talk. <laughs> How um, did you uh, did did uh, Santa Claus bring you anything nice for for Christmas? No. Okay. That's what happens when you get older. Santa Claus, you know, he's too busy getting all the little kids good stuff that he forgets about us as adults. Yeah. By the way, have you? Okay. Do you do you have Netflix? Just yes. Out of curiosity? Okay. So we. I stumbled upon um, this this movie on Netflix. Um, I'm probably late to the game, but it's okay. I usually am. Um, called The Christmas Chronicles. Uh, Kurt Russell's in it and some other random people. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've seen it. I never watched it. Um, my mother's watched it. It looks cute. It looks interesting. So I got to say, I really like that Christmas movie. It was, it was pretty darn good hmm. as far as I'm concerned. But, you know... You look at like the different Christmas movies that are out there, like especially like the Santa Claus ones, where yeah. it's like, well, how does how does brother man, you know, get up and out up and down all those chimneys in one night? You know, seven billion people in the world or whatever, and the way that they did it in the Christmas Chronicles, man, I really liked it. Like, it was this cool thing, like with Kurt Russell, just kind of, it was like. Um, part apparating part flu powder part something else hmm. and i just thought it was it was really cool like how they were how they kind of explained the santa magic or demonstrated the santa magic in there and it made it a lot more plausible plausible air quotes um <laughs> compared to like the tim allen santa claus movies you know with like the yeah. magic sack and shrinking and gooping and stuff anyway um you know, for those of you in listener land, you can't see it. But if you're watching this edition of, of the podcast, um, behind me is the Star Trek First Contact print. Um, I actually just got this. This is my last Christmas present I got from my wife because um, uh-huh. she knows that First Contact is my absolute favorite Star Trek movie. I've seen it probably that, close to that, 200 that's times. That's my boyfriend's favorite. He yeah. loves that. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. So, um, yeah, I got it, and I had the biggest, stupidest smile on my face. Um, I had been, like, looking up. I, had, You know, she didn't know this, but, um, one, I never asked for this. I never asked for this this print at all. So she was, like, confusing the mess out of me. 
whenever she's like, yeah, I want to, I got you something that you haven't asked for and that you're really going to like. I'm excited. I can't wait for you to open. I'm like, what are you talking about lady? And anyway, the, the one thing that, um, I'd been looking for was like the posters, like the original movie posters Mm -hmm. and, um, like a Star Trek, the experience poster. And I'm like, maybe I'll get that. Maybe I'll buy it for myself. I just never pulled the trigger. So I'm glad I didn't because this is, I like this. Yeah, I have a um, Search for Spock, one of the original, supposedly one of the original uh, movie posters that was at the theater, like in the okay. little boxes um, that my friend got me got years ago. Yeah. For, I think, my birthday at Christmas, and it's still hanging up in my wall in my room. Okay. Yeah. So, it's funny. It's funny that you say this, you know, supposed original mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, I can remember when I went, um, right, it was my first year of college. I was at a place called Mott Community College in Flint, Michigan. And they had this, like, um, in one of the, like, main hallways, I mm-hmm. guess, they had this vendor set up. Um, and he was, he or she was sending the, or um, sailing, sailing, sending, selling. There we go. Words are hard, y'all. They Words are hard. Words are hard. Um, so we're selling all these different posters, and uh, allegedly these were originals. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. And I remember buying, I realize this is a Star Trek podcast, everyone. Okay, so just don't <laughs> shoot me with what I'm about to say. Um, but there was um, an Indiana Jones poster that I got, and um, there was also uh, Star Wars, like, a new hope but it didn't say new hope on it but it was obviously a new hope and i was like this is so cool it's vintage looking and you know what i think they are pulling a fast one on me man because like there ain't no way that was original you know vintage and me getting it for like 30 bucks there ain't no way yeah so but it served its purpose for a while so anyway well um you know, before we talk about the content, I wanted to kind of, um, you know, maybe maybe now's not the right time, but I don't really care. It's my show. I do what I want. Um, so you are part of numerous Star Star Trek organizations, from what I understand, mm-hmm. um, of which one of them is Fleet 31. Yeah. Now, is, now Fleet 31 has its own podcast. I'm going to definitely give you an opportunity to plug that a little bit later on. Um but with Fleet 31, is that in any way connected to a larger organization like Starfleet International or anything like that? No. Uh, we're separated. Um, Cameron started it many, many years ago. Um, and he's a local local area like us. Um, he started many years ago, and I joined a few after he started it. Um, but it's, it's international. We have um, chapters all over the world. It's mostly based online right now because, you know, we can't really do much anything right now. Silly COVID. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we have um, chapters all around the world where you can join. Fleet31.com, I believe. Yeah. I'm the, uh, I guess I, I tell people if you don't understand, I'm the admiral there, but I'm like the, I say, the vice president of the group makes people of, of understand like the- better. Uh, you're the vice president of the whole yes. shooting match. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I like. I run. I like. I'm the vice president. I'm the deputy fleet commander of the whole entire fleet. Thirty-one. Right okay. now. 
Now, I did I did look up a little bit of information because, like you were kind of hinting at, I'm going to be on your show. Um, by the time you've already heard this, I will have already been on your show. But mm-hmm. at the time of this recording, I'm about to be on your show. And um, I went and looked, and there's, I guess, a sector commander or something like that based out yep. of uh, DFW for, I guess, here in Texas or, like, the local our local area of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe for anyone that's, you know, like super fans and like just love Star Trek and maybe they're looking for an organization to kind of connect to, kind of maybe tell us a little bit about like what it is and kind of how you join and kind of what it looks like to be a member of Fleet 31, so to speak. Uh, it's just like any other type of sci-fi, I don't want to say yeah, just like any other sci-fi club you join, you can uh, contact us on Facebook, you can go on our website and email us, and it's just like a fan club where we all talk about Trek. Now, we all we are in the process of reamping it. There was some stuff that happened in the past that we we're trying to fix and take care of, um, but we're mainly we're here to do charity events, go to cons when we can again, and just be able to talk Trek to people. Okay. So it's just like any other sci-fi club you have that you go to. Uh, there's no fees like uh, SFI Starfleet really, uh, International has a fee to join. Five dollars. Five dollars. <laughs> that's that's their fee for Starfleet International. But you know, wow. some people. I mean, I personally, I have never. Well, okay, no, I lied. There's one fee I pay for a club. Yeah. But you know. If, it's five dollars for Starfleet National, and it's a decent club. Now we have friends in both, and you can be in many clubs you want. You don't have to just join one, and that's it. I mean, look at okay. me. I'm in uh, three that I can think of right off my head. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Sure. Well, um, yeah, I, I was looking at it, and um, maybe I'll maybe I'll dig myself a grave whenever I'm on your show talking about it tomorrow um, tomorrow the next day yesteryear uh, it's all guardian of forever as far as I'm concerned with this wibbly oh. stuff yeah um, but yeah like I, I was I was thinking about it um, and like I don't know what it's like to you know to join or get involved you know here in DFW and you know what the process is you know like I, 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 ha- I there's a documentary and I'm sure you've seen this too uh, called uh, Trekkies. You ever, yep. have you ever, you've seen Trekkies? Trekkies one and two. Yeah, yeah. I love those documentaries. Like mm-hmm. I, um, I remember having to watch Trekkies, the first documentary. I think it was in my like English ten class. Really? Yeah, we Look we had. To, it was like English ten. It was it, it was either English ten or it was uh, journalism. I can't remember which one it was, but I know it, the, the same teacher taught both English 10 and journalism for me. So I know it was Mr. Popovich at my, um, in, in high school. Um, but I, <laughs> I just remember the one guy just like losing it whenever, um, like someone calls like, this is a horrible time. This is oh, the yes. worst time possible. At <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Trekkies, I have two the core little events. I was, uh, you know, the guy who like, was Fesser, he had bones as his cat. He got pulled over because he had a ballot in the back of his car. Yes. 
uh, yes. <laughs> whoever his Daryl, Daryl something or something like that, I can't remember his name. I was kind of close with him. Okay. I met him at a convention, and you know, we kind of talked to each other and kind of, you know, he actually was writing for StarTrek.com at the time when he was at um, the Plano Center. When, back when Sci-Fi Con, Dallas Comic Con was really small, and it was at the Plano Center, the little tiny one. Okay. Um, right, really, really tiny convention center over there, and um, he took a picture of me and my friend because we were wearing red shirts. We were wearing transporter red shirts, so we had a red shirt on. Then we were wearing like a, a net material, sparkle material. And I said, I knew when I put this red shirt on, I'll be stuck in the transporter. And he thought it was hilarious. And he took a picture and wrote a whole article about the con and put us in that article on StarTrek.com's website. That's cool. That's cool. I was like, that is just the coolest thing. Yeah. And then the other thing was from the Trekkies group. That's where I got my holodeck costume from. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if it was one or two, but they were showing pictures of decor of um, cosplays and somebody dressed up as a holodeck. Okay. And that's where I kind of got the idea from. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I was. Um, I think that the thing that kind of sent us down this this um, little rabbit trail, so to speak, was, you know, in that particular documentary, that young man that um, had an epic mullet, by the way. Yes, he did. <laughs> uh, it was an epic mullet. Very well done with that mullet. Um, with him, he he goes to this meeting. It's like in someone's living room, like in the 90s, right, when this is coming mm-hmm. out. And he had talked about how he had like a specially commissioned uniform um, with, uh, for his local chapter ship whatever they called it at that time like with it whatever organization he was with right mm-hmm. um so i mean is there are there any kind of like uniforming kind of requirements when it comes to fleet 31 we have our own uniform but you're not you not required to buy it is it like the combo monster maroon mm-hmm. movie gray thing yep okay yeah, so you can get that, but it's not a requirement. Like, look at me. I'm Deputy Fleet Commander, and I don't have that uniform. Okay. Do you have um, to get that commissioned, or is it, like, on eBay or something? Uh, There is some, like, those, like, Chinese websites, you know, like Cosplay okay. Sky and stuff. Like, well, no, they change names every other year sure. to get caught. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we all know. We all know. We keep track. We all know it's the same place. You just find the new name of the company. Yeah. Um, that or you can get commissioned. Okay, nice. So. Mm-hmm. Do you now? I'm sorry. I'm, I know that we're we're gonna, we're supposed to be talking about D, uh, D Space Nine. We'll get to that <laughs> eventually. But you just you got. I mean, you poke the bear, man. Or at least I poke. Maybe <laughs> I poked myself. I don't know. Um, you know, I know that there are organizations out there, and I will not name them specifically. But you know, probably the one that I'm going to be alluding to, where mm-hmm. you have to go through like an academy kind of process like some kind of education process and be a cadet and all that rigmarole like with that particular with with one of the organizations um is there is would you say that there's a similar process or is it just like nope be whatever you want to be type of thing uh 
you join as like an ensign and you work your way up. Okay. But you don't have to go through academy. Uh, academy, we do that recall academy for people who are at 18 and younger who want to join. Like, you know, your kids or um, if you're, you're younger than 18 you want to join, then you stay in the academy per se air quote academy there's no like training thing you just are a cadet until you turn 18 then okay. you work your way up to be an ensign okay okay cool and but you know me personally rank doesn't battle i don't care about rank because once i step down for being deputy fleet commander i'm gonna lose my admiral rank and go back down to lieutenant commander really mm-hmm. that ain't that something ain't that Cause something because if you do that then between me admirals in the fleet I guess that's true. Right now, we're so small right now. Like I said, there was a a big um, fallout a couple years ago. Okay. And so now, Jay and I, Jay's the uh, commander of the fleet. Jay and I are trying to rebuild it and get it back to how it was back in the days. Okay. Well, ain't that something? Yeah, I see a picture of him right now. Vice Admiral J.L. Galloway, Fleet Commander, 2020 to 2021. And then Rear Admiral Jenny Hay, Fleet Deputy Commander. In your yeah. in your science DS9 Voyager era uniform on this website right here. That's yeah. Cute. Yeah. I have one of those. I have all the I used to. That was one of those Ruby costumes. Okay. And <laughs> at that convention. That was down in I think Space City. So down in Houston area. Okay. Um, Ruby costumes, you know, they're like the cheap costumes you go in, like to the costume store and buy. Yeah. I went to reach up and ripped all down my underneath my arm because it was a little small and wasn't constructed correctly, so it didn't give you any give when you lift your arm up. And so yeah, I ripped all the way down my arm. Look, lady. Look. Okay. I got a deal. I got a dealer. Star Trek dealer. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, hmm? <laughs> and um, anyways, the, um, I, I got I got the hookup, so you know we'll we'll connect so that we don't get anyone in trouble because they I I personally think that they do some pretty high quality stuff. Um, I actually got lucky, and um, somebody on the cruise last year I can say last year now uh, bought a jumpsuit. And it was doesn't fit them right, and they were selling it for like extremely cheap. I was like, okay, well I'll buy it. if it doesn't fit me, I'll just resell it to somebody else. Sure. Perfect fit. Nice. It's nice. a jumpsuit, so not too fond of a jumpsuit, but yeah, that's that's what mine is too. It's it's a jumpsuit, uh, but this this maker in particular, they're um, actively working on um, monster maroons, so. Mm. Um, and do not anticipate them being, you know, costing like, you know, your firstborn or a blood sample or anything oh, like that. Yeah. Like a novice and other makers uh, are. Don't, I'm just going to PSA, just don't do a novice. Ever. Just please don't, don't. Ever. If you want to know why, just Google it. There's plenty of reviews out there about the reasons why. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story. Uh -oh. There's a story. Uh -oh. it's, it's not my story, by the way. <laughs> but you know, you know, like how uh, there used to be time hop, and like now Facebook has its like Facebook mm -hmm. memory memory thing. There was um, 
uh, the name is escaping me right now. It wasn't Starfleet Miguel, but it was it's someone else. And I just I saw it and I laughed. I think yesterday or the day before, <laughs> and it was like um, uh, like I think nine years ago that they ordered like a a monster maroon, and it said like um, should be here in three weeks. Just got, <laughs> I'm just just gotta. Um, you know, hold myself back from buying like rank insignia and stuff like that. And then someone commented like, yeah, you should be getting it like three weeks from now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's pretty bad. Like it's a lot of money that you're shelling out for those, those now granted they are high quality, but they're very high quality, but they're like the follow through is lacking and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, we have the finale of Discovery that's going to be happening here very, very soon. Um, And by the time you're hearing this episode, you've probably already seen it, maybe. Um, So, any wild and crazy predictions that you want to make? I just know it's not going to be... Well... We all know that Saru is going to, you know, he only signed a Jonathan, not Jonathan, a Doug Jones only signed a five-year contract. And this is his fifth year. This coming year. So I'm wondering if they're, I think maybe they're setting up something for him to leave after this season, or next season. So, so leaving in season four, is that what mm-hmm. you're saying? But okay. I'm thinking that what's going on right now is going to be something that's going to set up for when he's leaving season four. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw him, you know, tweet and, you know, his various outlets that he uses saying, like, how excited he is to be back with his Discovery family again and, and mm-hmm. in production again. So, um, yeah, I mean, what, what do you think about maybe Saru and Michael Burnham doing the old switcheroo where Michael becomes captain and Saru becomes first officer? It sure feels like they're going to do something like that because um, it feels like they're setting it up like that, like her running around and doing more things. But also, I didn't like when Saru knocked her down and de- de- de-promoted her. Oh, you didn't like the demotion? I did not like the demotion at all. Like, yes, she needed to be punished, or, you know, I don't want to say punished, because punished is such a strong word. But Maybe punished. taught a lesson, I guess, okay. of what she was doing, but I don't think ranking her down was the right way to do it. Because even you can see the Admiral's like, oh, oh, you did that? And then Tilly being a, um, XO. Love hate relationship with that. I like the idea, but also she's barely ins and out of out of the academy. You know, one thing that we've talked about on our engage episodes, and and I don't want I don't want to, you know, get bogged down in it, but we've talked about how Michael Burnham is pretty doggone cavalier with mm-hmm. almost everything that she does, but at the same time, we we have to remember that this is the era of cowboy diplomacy so to speak I mean we're we're yeah. ten, we're 10 years 
before uh, Captain Kirk for crying out loud, or, or, or at least you know roughly ten yeah. years. Um, pri- of course, prior to them going nine hundred some odd years into the future, of course. Um, so I think that's part of it, but I'm personally on board with with how it, pl- it got played out. Like, I mean, she she. Did, she didn't her heart wasn't even in being first officer to begin with she was already apprehensive about it so yeah i mean i was i was completely on board with it i respect your your opinion that it wasn't the right call but i i'm i'm completely okay with it and i do think it's kind of odd that you know to to the what you're about to bring up with tilly you know with the love hate relationship that you're in with her mm-hmm. with being the the first officer the number one like she's an ensign like, we we look at like the time, like how much time has passed, right? And like it's, it's been like, you know, uh, several months really from like season one to now. Like she yeah. just became an ensign, and now you're telling me that a ship that is primarily full of lieutenants, maybe one or two lieutenant commanders, are just going to be a okay with her being number one? I don't think so. I would have rather seen a Wusakun or definitely a Wusakun. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe, very, very, very strong, maybe, uh, Culber being like in the running for, for number one personally. But I think I think a Wusakun would have been a great number one. Yeah. I would think almost anybody else on the, sh- on the, the Bang British crew could do better than Tilly. Tilly, like I said, she's fresh out of the academy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, she did awesome being Captain Kelly in the Mirror Universe, but she was just playing that role. She wasn't actually being that role. Right. If that make if that makes sense to people, oh, like 100%. she was just doing a play and not actually running the role. Now yeah. she's doing a great job, well, she can, but she's so young. She has different experiences. You know, she doesn't understand all this stuff. Like I'm all for her learning and being like a um, a shadow with the XO but not actual being it right because then you have what happened in yeah. episode yeah. 12 for crying out loud so I mean even if she would have been like I mean she, she wasn't even a department lead you know or shift yeah. lead or, or anything like that I mean I think you need that you need, you need leadership development I think that they Part of the discussion that I had with with uh, David on our Engage episode was uh, that he brought up. He's like, you know, I really think I like this now. Like the more that we talk about this, I really think we like this because it seems like the writers maybe do understand that she is not ready for it, mm-hmm. and that they are writing her in an appropriate manner for her not being ready to be in the center seat. So, anyway, well, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I I'd asked you pre-show, and I'd asked some of the guys. Um, Offline too, like, do you got? Do you think that that Sakal is actually just a hollow, you know, and and that he's actually like, I don't know, Cardassian or something, you know, and like every everyone else is being masked. Why not him? I don't know. So we'll see. It's a good thought. It's a good thought. I never thought about that. But, then this oh. discovery, and they will twist your mind and do something completely out, like like what a couple episodes ago with the with the Giorgio. Yeah, having the Guardian of Forever. Forever. I'm like, where did that come from? I wasn't expecting that at all. Right, right. So, and 
you know, I, I've heard some YouTubers and other podcasters kind of teasing maybe that the that the Sukal thing, maybe that is kind of like a red herring, so to speak, with mm-hmm. the actual cause of the burn that we're really, really going to find out what the cause of the burn was um, in this season finale that's coming out or that has come out by the time y'all hear this. Um, and that, you know, with that, maybe it's something... I mean, there's that, and then there's also the Calypso thing that we got to figure yeah. out how does that tie in, too, because, I mean, that's Short Treks, and Short Treks is supposed to be canon, for crying out loud. Yeah. So, anyway, thanks for entertaining me, uh, <laughs> or at least entertaining these these thoughts. Um, let's get into this. So, um, Jenny, you told me once upon a time in a galaxy very close to us that you are a big fan of a particular episode of Deep Space Nine, and that episode is Bar Association. I did, and I'm surprised you remember that. <laughs> it's the it's the power of a good Excel spreadsheet. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> so so the one time I told you, it's probably some event we were at, and you just happened to remember that and got home and put in your little spreadsheet? Yeah, basically. What a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> love it <laughs> <laughs> yes I don't know why okay well I think I partly reason why I like that episode um I think one of the reasons why I like that episode is, is the medical aspect I love Bashir at, in DS9 he's like one of my favorite characters okay and I like the you know his little cheekiness and how he is and I guess there's a lot of you know there's a lot of scenes in the medical area and uh, sick bay. So I don't know, maybe that's it. It's just a good episode. Um, it kind of it brings back home to you know things going on back then. You know, a lot of strikes with like um, airlines and other employee companies. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it, it it's a pretty it's a good episode. Now the great the, episode for Ron. Yes, yeah, this is definitely a, a Rom episode 100 percent um now when you told me about this and even whenever i went back to to watch this to get ready for this particular show um one thing i know about you that maybe not everyone does and that's probably to be expected because a lot of people don't know you that listen to this show maybe is that you work in hospitality and i was curious like you know rom he's working in hospitality so to speak with his brother on the station there at Quarks. And I'm wondering, you know, are there any like parallels with like Rom's journey and experience and your own working in hospitality that you kind of relate to? Oh, oh, definitely. Definitely. What I don't think that's almost anywhere you work. The higher ups always want to make more money, but pay your biggest less. And that's any, I mean, most places you work nowadays, they are most companies are trying to find shortcuts or cheap ways to do stuff, so they can still make more money and they don't have to worry about paying you anymore. Okay. Or they're trying to cut money because they, like right now during this pandemic, I was personally supposed to get a raise because of COVID. I I can't get a raise because of that, and that's just a company trying to, to save more money. Yeah. Trying to get more money in their in their bank account. 
-hmm. Now, yes, it's a little possibility because of COVID and all that stuff, but no. You know, so as I feel, I feel Ron, you know, they went because at this time, instead of COVID, at the it is the uh, Bajorn's time of cleansing. Mm -hmm. And so he's not getting a lot of business. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Frangie's all about money, and Cork is very much all about money. Quark is so, 100% all about the, that money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Quark is just, just, just like any corporation you work with. He wants all the money, and but he doesn't want to pay his staff more money to do more work or, you know, to do stuff. Right. And, of course, he takes advantage of that particular situation, you mm -hmm. know, like, um, it's, it's, it, I don't know, like, the actual duration of it, but I would from what we're, I believe we're led to understand, it's it's roughly a week that this is. Yeah, but, yeah. Maybe, or at least there's a week left from maybe what we know. It could have been going on a lot longer than that, for all I know. Um, so there's a week left of of this Bajoran event, like. Across, I think it's a month long cleansing. I think that's what they said, something like that. And everything's going to seemingly go back to normal. You know, as soon as this thing ends, but you know, one of the things that Quark does is he's like, "I'm either I'm gonna um, either lay everyone off or I'm gonna cut all your your wages by a third. I think is what is what it. Comes yeah, down something to. like that. Yeah. And Rom's like, "But wait, back the truck up, dude. Like, is it gonna come back to normal next week? I think I think you know, like furlough. I mean, like." furloughs happen to people in the real yeah. world right and you take like a cut or you keep your pay but you don't or you like your hours are cut in half or you mm -hmm. know what however however that plays out um but you eventually like you know you get back to like your normal rate and your normal wages and things like that but quark is just taking advantage of that like crazy yes he is like crazy man here, here's 600 bucks. Have at it. <laughs> Hope it lasts you. <laughs> Is that too soon? Is that too soon? <laughs> well, for time they did, your listeners, maybe it won't be too soon. Oh, man. Man. So, so there, you're, you're seeing like the corporate thing, like, you know, with any, with any job. Mm -hmm. Um, is there like a particular job that like stands out to you the most? Maybe where like this like hits maybe too close to home, if if you want to talk about that. I, well, most of my hospitality jobs, you know, because a lot of hospitality jobs uh, depends on where you work for are franchised, and usually the franchisees or a couple running a franchisee, you know. The few I worked at, you know, there were just a couple who owned, you know, several hotels in the area. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they're just trying to make money and get all the stuff. Yeah. But so, yeah, I think mostly hotels, but, you know, retail and stuff is a little different. There are more, depends on what retail you work at, but like, you know, the big box stores, they're the same way. Sure. Sure. But you don't, you just don't recognize them much because big box stores, so many people, you don't pay attention what's going on. Yeah. I don't know, like, how corporate it was, but, like, for some reason, I mean, I think about, like, one of my first jobs, and that was at 
I was working at the Michigan Renaissance Festival in Holly, Michigan. And I had the the um, luxurious job of hawking food. You know what hawking food is by chance? Walking around trying to get people to buy you food? Basically, yeah. Okay. So that's that's what I started out as. Yeah, like I would either stand in front of the booth or near the booth, inside the booth, and I would just be yelling and trying to be really witty like with what I was saying to get people. Like there was a, <laughs> there was a dude that was across from um at this time it was like a funnel a funnel cake elephant mm-hmm. ear um booth that I worked at and he he was like so in character and he was like this grumpy dude but he was he had a heart of gold uh we called him troll um (laughs) we just we just called him troll and he had like this wagon and he had like basically paydays you know like just candies like Mm -hmm. you know nougat and chocolate and nuts and stuff like that and he would just be making all these like double entendres like with getting people to come and buy the food like nuts who wants to try my nuts and stuff like that yeah so you get the idea but um i think about that and some of the good people that i worked with like even in the kitchen um so i went from hawking food to working in the kitchen to kind of managing the kitchen at one point and just like the good people that had to be let go because of bottom line and trying to save save a penny um, for maybe dumb reasons. So yeah. Um, but okay, so what? Wh- tell me, tell me some of the um, the stuff that maybe um, you really like, like some of your favorite moments with this particular episode. My most favorite scene okay. is uh, O'Brien is in the um, it's in medical, and Bashil's looking at it like a mole on back of his <laughs> back. <laughs> he goes, "That so you have assist mode or some type of mode?" <laughs> and he goes, "I know it's a mole. I want to get rid of something." That goes, "Well, let me get a marker. I will put eyes and a nose on it and." Uh, you can call him Fred or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Just, no, I want you to remove it. It's <laughs> like one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> Love that scene. Yeah, I I hadn't so I hadn't seen Bar Association in a while, so it was it was a real treat watching this and seeing that interaction all over again, all <laughs> over again. Um, and I gotta say, I was a little confused because. D Space Nine, it still it, it premieres like on BBC or it plays on uh, BBC America and yeah. some other random channels. And my my boy Eric, I was telling you about him pre-show. Um, he's one of the guys like you just give him like a word and he knows what season and episode and all all the things are yeah. about about an episode. So, anyways, I'm I'm watching this. I'm like, wait, didn't I thought that I thought that. Bashir and and uh, and Lita had already broken up because like I had watched mm-hmm. like I'd watched the Riza episode um, where they all go like on a little yeah, holiday the Risa, and then mm-hmm. yeah, and they do their their little breakup ceremony 
So, anyway, I was like so confused with everything going on uh, because this is the first season that Worf is on, yeah. on Deep Space Nine. This is season four. Uh, depending on how you look at it, it's either episode 15 or 16, depending on how you're watching it. Um, so it's not, I mean, it's it's middle of the season, for crying yeah. out loud, of season four. So um, There is, um, so with, with the Ferengi, you know, like some people, a lot of people would say that maybe the Ferengi are the most representative of who we are right now in society that the Ferengi are the most human um, in terms of like the capitalism and things like that yeah and there is a part where um, where good old Rom busts out a pad of some kind whether it's Cardassian or not. Yeah. Doesn't matter. But he pulls out a pad and he's looking at it and he's reading Workers of the World Unite. You have yeah. nothing to lose but your chains. So communist man- manifesto kind of stuff. Pretty much. Yeah. So what what do you think about that? Like, you know, the Ferengi with like their their capitalism and then Rom is kind of citing this and like kind of having this like juxtaposition kind of thing going well, on. Well, you gotta, well, also you remember Rom's not a typical Ferengi. That's true. That's very true. So yeah. he is not very typical at all. Like he tried, like he tried to live the typical Ferengi right, but he realized he didn't like that. You know, he lived, he had, you know, the what, what they call a marriage. They don't call it a marriage, they call it like a contract. You know, and when the woman gets pregnant, it's a rental fee. The kid has to pay a rental fee. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. And then after the contract's over, you're like, okay, bye. And I think... <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, and it's hilarious. I'm like, wow. I mean, that's that's typical Rangy. Yeah. But yeah, so I think Ron doesn't realize... He's starting to realize, okay, well... There's something going wrong with Ferengi, and this is not how I wouldn't live. Right, and that and that's definitely part of Rom's, you know, mm-hmm. character arc that we see. Um, if you've never seen Deep Space Nine, I'm not going to spoil it for you. It's it's a beautiful arc. All, all the characters have a wonderful arc in Deep Space mm-hmm. Nine. Let's, let's just be and real. I think Ron grows really well. And Him and his son Nog have mm-hmm. phenomenal growth over the over the seven seasons of the show like holy cow man and the only being b characters i'm surprised how much growth they get mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um there was um where was it uh, i was reading this on memory alpha so if i can just like read it into the show uh, maybe we can talk about this so, um, and if, by the way, if I butcher any of these names, it's your fault. Because why oh, not? okay. So when um, Max Grodenchik saw that Rom was leaving his job at the bar, he initially reacted in much the same way as Rene originally reacted to Odo finding his people. And Aaron Eisenberg to Nog joining Starfleet Academy. He felt it was a huge mistake and would ruin the character, just as they did with um, 
you know, Renee and Aaron, however, the writers convinced Grodenshek that the change would not ruin, but rather enhance his character by adding a deeper level. In all three cases, the actor ultimately came to feel that the drastic change in their character was one of the best things to happen to them during the entire seven-year run of the show. That's from the Star Trek Deep Space Nine companion. What do you think about that? I think it's true. Because I can see how, you know, it's not great, but it could tremendously... Uh, may not grow mm-hmm. and start you know learning more things and not depend on his brother for everything yeah so yeah but i can also see as as the actor realizing that you don't know what your character is going to happen what's going to go off your character i would think would think also it could be a bad thing right so i don't know it's mixed feelings like i i get max's uh, reasoning why he thinks it's a bad thing for his character to, to leave the show not leave the show but leave his job but also it's great too so do you think I mean, if we look I mean, we were this is 100% a ROM episode mm-hmm. um, and if we want to make it more of a, a main character episode then I would say it's maybe a 50-50 between Worf and Quark uh, for for this particular episode, yeah, um, maybe more sixty forty, with um, yeah, leaning more, leaning more towards Quark. Um, but of course there there's this is season four, so a lot's happened since season one with Quark and his brother. Mm-hmm. Would you say that this is one of the more defining um, moments? For Quark and Rom, um, and what and the trajectory perhaps that it puts even Rom on by the time that we we end the series. I think it's a very defined with Rom Quark. Maybe a little, but I think it's really defined point for Rom and what he's going to end up being when he grows up. Because I think this is, oh well, could we lead it to Rom going to do something later on in the series? That's really going to change his life. And a lot of Ferengi around him. And yeah, and a lot of Ferengi around him. Yeah. And I think this is a starting point. Him learning to step out and do what he knows right for himself mm-hmm. by leaving the uh, the bar and then trying to expand his, his work life or his work. Yeah. It's a very, I think that's the starting point of the rest of his storyline. The rest of the seasons, right? So yeah, I think it's a very crucial role for right. him. So let's let's kind of uh, bring it back because, like, I know we've kind of been talking about and around, you know, Ram and Quark. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's what's happening in this episode? Um, just like maybe a quick little synopsis. Um, uh, a lot of things. So main it's a main story about Ram and how. He, um, he had an ear infection because he didn't go do his biannual ear scan. Mm-hmm. And that's because Cork won't let him take some time off to go and get the medical scan. That's, that's the whole point of this series. Along with that, you have War, who just joined and is having trouble transitioning from Enterprise to DS9, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he's having trouble 
living on a space station when he's so used to being on a spaceship. Mm-hmm. And so he gets there's this point where him and Jazir are walking down talking about Klingon martial arts, I guess. And they find somebody who's, you know, stole stuff out, out of the, his quarters. Mm-hmm. And so you have that point of him trying to the beginning struggles of him trying to live on a space station. Right. Right. And yeah, like she's um was she holding like a mechleth, I think is is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. She so she's like in her her uh gi, you know, with her Klingon mm-hmm. calisthenics or something with a mechleth walking with Worf and Worf hears some some rumbling, some Worf. rustlings yeah. in, in the the um, ceiling or whatever and boom, there's my teeth sharpener. <laughs> Want my teeth sharpener back, man. That's kind of weird. Like, why would... I mean, I know every everything for a Klingon is meant for killing and war and yeah. battle. It's it's fine. But, like, that just seems a little excessive. I mean, you're... you're but Ferengis have teeth sharpeners, too. Yes, they do. Have you seen their teeth? <laughs> but, like, the Klingon, like, Klingon footwear turns into a freaking phaser, for crying out loud, people. <laughs> <laughs> their footwear turns into, like, a... A uh, giant stabby something, you know. <laughs> Q, Q, not Q from uh, from Star Trek, you know, but Q from James Bond would be very proud. Just saying, <laughs> of the Klingons. Uh, but, <sighs> but yeah, like you know, you were talking about like the Bashir part that you like. Mm-hmm. You like a lot of the medical stuff, yeah. and and you, maybe you got like a little crush on Bashir. That's cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who who doesn't? Come on. Yeah. I know I do. I mean, I mean like on. I said, who doesn't have a crush on Bashir? <laughs> By this time, I like Bashir, okay? Like, season one and maybe season two, Bashir. Not the biggest yeah. fan. Well, because Bashir's still a young doctor, you know, this is his first assignment. By season mm-hmm. three and four, he's starting to get settled and yeah. be more doctory. Doctory. Doctor Evil. No, wrong, wrong no, show. No. Wrong show. Um, okay. So he's got an ear infection. Rom has an ear mm-hmm. infection, um, and he's playing in with different liquids at the bar for for a remedy to take care of himself. To put in his ear. Yeah, to put in his <laughs> ear, which I'm like, this is hilarious. Like putting liquids on a pros- on a prosthesis. I just I was saying the same thing. It's like, how are they? How are they gonna? Like, how do they do that? Because you know they're wearing giant prosthetic ears. Yeah. Like. Is it just hanging out in there? You like, know, or do th- they had a hole and it drained the back after he dropped it? You know. I so yes, I think that's it. But like, you you see, like when you watch this episode, um, you see so much of the liquid just kind of come on out his, on yeah. his on his um his jacket, right? Um, so I think there's that. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they did like some kind of rig to where they had like some kind of tube tube you know, yeah, went yeah behind his ear. But, but went behind his ear you know and like they just kind of like the way that they shot it mm-hmm. maybe like yes maybe some of it kind of did spill out the front but maybe the rest kind of just went out like a clear tube of some kind into a bucket and then they just sw- did like the regular prosthesis or something yeah. for the rest of the episode that's, that's probably more likely if they were to do that it wouldn't surprise me um 
But this ear infection and hearing Bashir say, you should form a union. Like, which was kind of like a flippant statement. Like, he hadn't even, wasn't even thinking that Rom was going to do something about it. Yeah, it was just something out there. And unions are like taboo. Like, you do not talk about them. You don't entertain the idea. You don't even do business or interact of any kind with a Mm -hmm. union when you're Ferengi. Um, Otherwise, you can get to some, like, serious doo-doo. Yeah. Um, And yet, Rom don't care because he is not the typical Ferengi. And that's kind of cool as far as I'm concerned. Um, And Jeffrey Combs, um, who we know is, like, the face of, like, everything in Star (laughs) Trek, pretty much. Like, Brunt, mainly. Yeah. um, In this series. Um, And, of course, you know, he's, you know, part of the Dominion later on, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. he plays so many different characters. Warta, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we get we get our favorite freaking um, you know representative from Ferenginar FCA Brunt FCA. God, <laughs> coming back to to give um, Quark and everyone else some heck. Um, so this this has been like an interesting evolution just in this this episode mm-hmm. um did you this is i'm kind of maybe going a little sideways on this one but i don't know if you noticed this jenny maybe you did because you're a smart cookie when it comes to trek did you notice the the same blue dress that's been used like three or four times already being reused again no do you know what i'm talking about no, what 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 scene? Um, okay, if you bl- you blink, you'll miss it. But I want to say, um, it's around the time that the one third conversation slash layoff is going on. Okay, okay. Um, and then they're all like kind of like walking out. I want to say. Okay. Um, but this the, the blue dress that I'm referring to, uh, was worn by Deanna, um, in Man of the People. Okay, it's like the, the very form-fitting um a lot of showing off the decollage so to speak okay um but i think i know what dress you're talking about and it was originally worn uh prior to season i guess that would be prior to season five because man of the people i think is season five of next gen um but i think it was like a season or two earlier that there's also ferengi um that has these two women with him, like two, these two Indian oh, women. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, anyways, one of them is wearing this blue dress. That's where the first time the blue dress was worn. Anyways, this is the third appearance of that blue dress. I don't know if you've known that. They no, like to reuse know, costumes. They do like to reuse costumes. I mean, I don't know if you listen to Garrett's podcast, but he talked about when he went on Voyager, how the shoes they gave him yes. were actually Brent Spiner shoes. Yes. So they like to, I mean... Hey, if you can use money and save some money and reuse them, then no one's gonna know that they were the same shoes from, you know. It's it's very f- interesting that you bring this up, okay? Because you know, you and I we go to conventions uh, mm-hmm. when there's not a worldwide global pandemic going on. We go to conventions, and there I can't remember who the heck I was listening to. It might have been I don't know if it was a podcaster or a YouTuber, but. 
they were they brought the very same stinking point um, from uh, like they were at like an STLV or they had listened to something with mm-hmm. Garrett and I was tr- I was trying to find like all the pieces to put together my own um, Starfleet um, outfit and they're floor shine. They're, like that's that's the brand of shoe that they would use was floor shine. Yeah. And, um, they used floor shine boots from TOS all the way through Voyager. Yeah. And then I think they did something a little different with um, Enterprise. But good grief, man! That's a long time for the same freaking footwear. Yeah. Well, I think all of them wore black shiny kind of like dress suit dress shoes or boots that's mm-hmm. what they were like every uniform was a black shiny shoe of some sort mm-hmm. and if you um there there's there's one particular episode where um anyway it's not i know it's not all good things it's way before the the tng series finale but there's an episode where um among the 178 or however many there are of next gen <laughs> that Picard falls in um, the turbo lift and you get like this like really up close and personal um, image of the boots that he's wearing and you see like all the detail um, now granted there's like probably 14 million different styles of like those boots yeah. that they're wearing but generally speaking like Florsheim is, is the, the brand of boot that they're using for all the Star Trek stuff um, but bringing it back to Deep Space Nine, you know, of course you have, like, I would say the B-plot of Worf, you know, trying to get mm-hmm. accustomed to um, to the station. And then he ultimately decides he's just going to take up quarters on, on the Defiant. And, uh, yeah. C- and Cisco's okay with it. That's cool. Um, but we see a bunch of Ferengi that are very apprehensive about continuing through with this union and you see growth uh, I think the thing that's really cool is like you're again this is a story about these brothers like Quark and, and Rom yeah. and you see this growth that's kind of taking place with them like yeah he's annoyed because his younger brother is wanting all these things and he wants to save his money dang it like <laughs> who wants to give up money I don't know. Do you want to give up money, money? No. I mean, if you want to give up your your money to me, I'm, I'll take it. <laughs> I, I got some things I need to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. Don't worry. The. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> but um. Also, with all this Frangy, only one kind of piddled down and was freaked out. All the other Frangies kind of just went along with it. But and I, it made sense because when FC, when they're all locked up in a room, and then Brunt comes in and cuts open the door, and go Brunt FCA. I, I don't know why, but I like saying that. But anyways, uh, only one person starts graveling and freaking out. And said, you know, if you weren't free, you know, you we would take all your money off your accounts, blah blah. blah. And Ron made a great, great reasoning why they should do this. 
if you're in Frank Yard, you would not be working here. Your counts wouldn't be that expensive. You working on quirks mm-hmm. or something like that. I can't exactly yeah. what the quotes were, but I was yeah. Like, if if your accounts were worth anything, thing you wouldn't be working as a waiter or whatever mm-hmm. at quirks. Yeah, you wouldn't be working for my brother's bar. And I think that's what made all these Frank change their mind to yeah. start the union. Start. Uh, Standing outside of Quark's and uh, passing out Latlum. Right. And then I hope this lasts. <laughs> <laughs> and then I love how Bashir and is it O'Brien were sitting up on the top shelf, uh, a top uh, on the second. Are pier. you in or out, like the inner out or the yeah. inner? Yeah, that that was pretty funny. That's pretty great. So. And how, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah. no, go ahead. Oh, and then, like how Cisco's like, I don't care, y'all screwed up. Y'all sitting there, you can y'all sit and break for a, a day. Mm-hmm. Because they got caught. Because they basically, Worf went in and uh, went in when he thought was, he was going to be a pass. And so Bashir and, and uh, O'Brien go in there and I guess accidentally start a fight about it. They get all arrested and sit to the brig. <laughs> And Cisco comes and yells at him and is like, no, y'all can stay a day in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With, with how this episode, you know, progresses as we get to, like, the third and the fourth act of this, you know, we, we see, like I was saying, we see Quark, who is, like, actually starting to get a little scared because he knows that it's going to be impacting his business. Um, and that he could lose everything, and that's important to him. But he's already lost his business because of, yeah. you know, the damage that it's done to his his brother, um, both physically and, you know, mentally. Let's just call mm-hmm. it, I guess. What What do you th- tell me? What you think about the decision and like how that conversation kind of goes? there at the end with like that final negotiation oh well he's trying to bribe him well yeah there's or... the bri- there's the bribe and then there's the whole like oh yeah and then it's like the very end where yeah. he goes okay well you know I'm going to give on the back the jobs or something like that but then he goes but they won't get paid for another six months after the FCA is not watching and then Ron's like, "Oh, just make one of your fake, pro- uh, fake reports." Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ron did. It. I, I, I like it, cause Rom's fought, even though he knew he was leaving. I'm pretty sure he knew at that time that he was going to leave. Leave but, as in Quarks. As in Quarks, yeah, leave as in Quarks. I think he already knew at that time he was going to leave at Quarks, but yet he was still fighting. For the rest of his people at Quarks, his old co-workers, mm-hmm. to do arrangements where, okay, yeah, they'll get money, they'll get a raise. It won't be immediately, but they will get a raise. Yeah. They will get their jobs back. Get their jobs back, and instead of six months, it'll be, uh, what they say, two weeks, right? Two weeks, yeah. Yeah. And uh, just gotta, gotta doctor the books. And... Mm-hmm. I, 
you know, whenever I go through my watch, my watch through, like right now, I'm on my second, maybe third watch through of Deep Space Nine right now, and um, this is one of my favorite moments for Rom, and the reason it is is because there's a major jump that happens. For the, I think it's a major jump because he goes from being the the dumb little brother. Mm-hmm. Right, that's the waiter. Mm-hmm. To now, he's uh, more respected, I guess, as part of the engineering detail yeah. on the station. That's like one of my favorite scenes, and one of my favorite scenes uh, was him going to Corks, sitting at the bar, asking for a snail juice, and Corks mm-hmm. like, "No, you can't drink for work." He goes, uh, "I don't work anymore. I want an extra tall snail juice." <laughs> and just the interaction with them, seeing Cork in a uniform now, and how excited he was that he was engineering night shift or whatever, how he excited he was to be working for uh, Bajor mm-hmm. and get to do something more than just be a waitress at the bar. Right. And, and at this point, if I'm not mistaken, Jenny, at this point, Nog has already gone off to Starfleet. Academy, is that right? Uh, yes, I think I get so I get all because I watch episodes all out of order all the time. Sure. That I forget where I'm where I'm at. Well, well, one of the things that, that I think he is, yeah. So, for anyone that hasn't seen Deep Space Nine, let me just say this just real quick. Um, Nog is um, the son of Rom, who's the character we've been talking about this whole time, and the nephew of Cork, who owns the bar, who. Everyone just gets annoyed with Cork, which is fine. Um, but one of the things that that Nog um, had stated in part of his his reason, his real reason, is he wanted to not be on the same path as his dad, which was, you know, living out like a, a meaningless, repetitive existence, not knowing that you're not going to really ever own anything yourself and live up to Ferengi standards, so to speak. That's the very butchered way of, of putting it. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah. Well, okay, so if that's the case, then he has not gone to Academy yet. Because when he can't Academy, him and, well, okay, spoiler alert, it's been out forever. Him and Lita were together. Mm-hmm. And him and Brian, uh, in this episode, I believe Lita was just broken up with Bashir but not dating because I remember he said oh you should go see Dr. Bashir he's a nice man okay hold on hold on let's let's look at something no 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 okay so 2371 Nog so I got I got receipts right now okay 2371 He's accepted with sponsorship and advanced prep classes to Starfleet Academy. Okay. So 2371, he goes to, to Starfleet Academy to do his thing. Cool. Um, okay. And then with Bar Association, this is taking place in 2372. So, yeah, Nog, our boy Nog, is off at, at the Academy doing academy. his thing. Yeah. So that's that's happening. Okay. Uh, so yeah, he's gone. Uh, but yeah, part of his part of his thing was he wanted to do better than his father. His father, yeah. He didn't want to be the typical Ferengi, and 
Um, and that's like, in a way, that's an inspiration to his father. Mm-hmm. Like Nog is inspiring his father. And father I think, too. Yeah. And I and I think that's that's a really cool thing, like how this father son dynamic, which is really sweet to watch, I think, over the whole series. Um, there's some some speed bumps along the way, but it's I think it's a really sweet mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine does a really good job with the whole family thing. They do. Even though it's a darker series. Yes. Um, and that's partly why I... Okay, so I used to hate Deep Space Nine when I was younger. Deep Sleep Nine? I don't nine? like it. Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Deep Sleep Nine? Yes, Deep Sleep Nine. <laughs> when I was younger, because it was too dark, and I didn't like that. But as I got older and started watching it, I realized that I really like DS9, and they do a great family, a job with family. Mm-hmm. Look at Cisco and um, Jake. Yeah. Look how much they expand and grow. And yeah. now you have Nog. And look at um, Miles and Molly and Hoshi. Yeah, the little boy they had. Mm-hmm. Look at their family. Look how they did. So yeah. Yeah, like family, I think is like, I mean, I think family is is a thing that like shows up in all the shows, but I think it shows up the most in Deep Space Nine. And mm-hmm. um, there's whether you look at it from Rom and Nog or Rom and Quark, you know, as the Ferengi family that's on the station. There's so much growth that happens over seven seasons with all, with those three. Yes. And I love the fact that Nog decides to be like the change agent, so to speak, for his family and for his culture. Mm-hmm. Let's just be real. And and we see we see Rom go from being a waiter, from being the the brother, the dopey little brother, so to speak, yeah. to now being an engineer. You know, on the station, it, it's it's really cool. And then just seeing like what those two do. I mean, like, I think Nog takes more like of the two. I think Nog takes more of a front seat because of what he does as the first Ferengi in Starfleet, and you know, eventually becoming a lieutenant because of all the stuff that he does during the Dominion War. Yeah. Um, but th- this is just a darn good episode. And, and one thing that um, I don't know if you knew this. But because of this episode, okay, this particular okay. episode, um, producers and other folk in general, they saw the dynamic and the chemistry between Max and Chase, and it was this episode. So, this was the episode that started the trajectory for their romance. I was just, I was just thinking about that when we were talking about earlier. That mm-hmm. this might have been the episode that started that romance. Because mm-hmm. I thought I didn't realize they did that. They didn't do that on purpose. It just happened. Mm-hmm. But when you watch the episode, you see how Lita is so kind and gentle. You no, know, she's always a kind, gentle woman. But it, it just felt like she was more gentle to Rom, and you know, yeah. make sure he was okay and taking care of him. And so, yeah, I could see how this episode turns into that relationship mm-hmm. that we see in what is that. I mean, really, at this so this is season mid season four, and it's not until season five when it really, really takes off, as far as yeah. I'm concerned, mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of for the rest of the series. Um, 
Jeffrey Combs again. You know, I want to say CFA so bad because I, I want Chick-fil-A. Um, <laughs> FCA. <laughs> FCA Brunt. Um, so one thing that, that he was saying was, you know, whenever he was thinking about Bar Association, that he remembered the big scene where he broke up the, the union that mm-hmm. Rom, uh, the union meeting that Rom had um, organized. And he said, I enjoyed that scene very much, watching Rom crumble right before my eyes. Max was just great in that scene. He really nailed his character in the show. And that was from uh, Star Trek Monthly, issue 33. And uh, this episode in general drew praise for the examination of the conflict between labor and management, which I think is yeah. what you you had originally alluded to at the very beginning of our little discussion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, we've been kind of all over the place in terms of like our discussions, and it's been a, it's been a very lovely conversation. I always enjoy talking Trek. I mean, we could talk about threshold, and I'm sure I would still enjoy oh talking God. about it with you. Or, or the night. <laughs> <laughs> Anything, right? Yeah. Uh, but um, anyways, any any final thoughts? Any closing thoughts about Bar Association before we we beam on out of here? No, I think we uh we, we we covered all of it mostly. Okay. All right. Well, before we go, I know we talked about Fleet Thirty One probably ad mm-hmm. nauseum um, at the beginning, but why don't you just maybe say a little bit more about um, not just the organization, but just the the podcast and how people can maybe connect with you and whomever else with Fleet Thirty One. Okay, y'all can watch us mostly every Wednesday. Uh, live on Facebook or on YouTube. Uh, you can get us. Uh, it's Wednesdays, 8:30 Central, so uh, 6:30 Pacific or 9:30 Eastern, and I think 1:30 GMT time, because we do have some people who watch um, in Europe. And um, you can email us at f31centerseat at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, which is F F thirty one Center. On no, that's sorry. We just got our Twitter, so it's all good. <laughs> I have to remember it, I believe it's F thirty one Center on Twitter, and look for Center Seat on Facebook. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, and and y'all do um, weekly or or semi. We do weekly. Weekly? We do okay. weekly. Sometimes it changes depending on my work schedule, what's going on in life. But sure. usually you do it every Wednesday night. Nice. Well, well, well. Well, Jenny, thank you again for joining me. And uh, I'm glad that well, thank you. you know we were able to connect again. And we'll have to find something else to talk about. There's like only 50 <laughs> plus years of Trek to talk yeah. about. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we can drum something up if we need to. I mean, if we need to talk about Threshold, we can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Or the night, yeah. Or ooh, the crazy clown episode on uh, Voyager. Oh, I'm I'm saving that for for some spooky trek in the, <laughs> ne- this coming fall. So I might have to hold on to that one. I have a story about that, but gosh, that was a creepy episode. Yes. Gosh, that was creepy. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll find something. We'll have to do this again. I, I again, I, I love having these conversations with you. Uh, it's it's a treat. So. Um, anyways, I hope all y'all in, in listener land enjoyed this. Um, yeah. maybe, y'all, maybe y'all had a few belly laughs or 
something. <laughs> I don't know, just maybe laughing at how... I don't know. I hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, uh, I do too. <laughs> um, anyways, if you if you liked it, let us know. If you didn't like it, let Jenny know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll make sure to let Chase know. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, you know, let us know what you thought. That's the best way that you can support the show. Uh, leave a comment. Leave a review. Uh, wherever you listen. Uh, we are on all the socials um, at TRTVPod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, if you want to learn more about us, you can go to TRTVPod.com. Check us out there. We have an about section with some, I think, sweet pictures. Um, we also have a Handling Frequencies uh, page where you can leave us a comment, um, You know, share some stuff with us that way, um, and message us that way too. But if you're not into drop-down menus and you just want to message us that way, you can do that. Uh, make sure you enter in coordinates to trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute time limit, and your comments may be used on a future episode of These are the Voyages. Now, finally, if you want to send us some kind of, like, ear infection medication or, you know, a sweet drink from Quarks or... I don't know, demands for, you know, establishing a union, you can do that. You can mail it to the Lone Star Station um, at P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for joining in. And as we leave here today, may you always remember to boldly go and make it so.